who among us doesn't enjoy a good mystery? And especially when solving it means that I get to bring out my competitive side, even if it's just me against the clock, I just can't wait to uncover all the secrets. So June's Journey is a game that is completely up my alley, and I think you'll love it too. In June's Journey, a hidden object mystery game, you play as June Parker, who's on a quest to solve her sister's murder and uncover her family's many secrets. Each chapter brings you deeper into the story, and it's set in the Roaring Twenties, so beyond uncovering clues, you get to experience the glitz and glamour of the time. June's Journey is definitely not a game I play mindlessly, which I love because I get genuinely invested and a lot of it is a race against time, so there's a little fun added pressure of trying to find the clues as quickly as you can in each scene. There are also tons of ways to customize the island that you're on, learn more about the characters, and then new chapters are added weekly, so you really can't run out of things to explore. So if you think you're up to solve this case, download June's Journey for free today on iOS or Android or play on PC through Facebook games. June needs your help, detective. I'm your host, Paige Theta Rowe, the pinnacle of sentient life in the universe. And with me, as always, is a sentient pile of lean dog food in a tank top. And are those coolots? Why, yes, they are, Paige. Who I thought for the airflow of a skirt with a fraction of the genital mishaps? If you. And I'm Thought Tarbody, the actual pinnacle of sentient life in the universe. Except by choice instead of by design. Nice ascot, by the way. It only kind of clashes with your runic plating and exposed brackets. If you are quite finished, ahem. You don't even have a throat to clear. Sorry, I didn't mean to offend you by affecting your organic idiosyncrasies to fit in. I never clear my throat, Paige. The force of the blast could devastate a small workstation, or knock over an unsuspecting cobbler or similar tradesman. Ahem. Great. Tensions are high on Zenith as her people adjust to changes throughout the satellite. Not the least of which being me, front and center at last. I must say this truly has been an unprecedented, if completely deserved windfall for the mechanical model. I wish only circumstances had been different. Ghoulish and unnecessary, Paige. Oh wow, breaking news, you're a dick. Oh really, a dick? Well, further breaking news, our man on the scene reports you're the dick. In fact, dozens of eyewitnesses from the EXPN calibration party report that you have very small testicles. No doubt due to your excessive use of performance-enchanting spells. News that's completely broken and can't be broken any further times infinity, how dare you? My physique is the product of clean living and boiled chicken breast. Breaking news! Uh-uh, you can't break it anymore. It's totally and completely broken. By me. Shut up, you bloody barbarian! If anything, I'm a monk, but that's only because there isn't an Adonis class. Can it, you oaf? This is real, actual breaking news. We've just received an emergency distress peak. From who? Age. From who? You remember everything. And yet, it's as though it all happened to someone else. For in truth, it did. You remember the League, your friends, your death, 
your rebirth, all of your loves and all of your losses, as though viewed from a distance, a scry you can never touch. Memories and images blossom in your mind like the flowers that now bloom on the darkwood tree, and there you stand, in the wake of that which tormented you. Completely ignoring the change in surroundings, Iavos immediately moves to Penny and wipes a little bit of blood off of her cheek and wraps her in a big hug. Oh, my dear heart, you were so brave. Are you all right? I remember my mama. She's so beautiful. The walls begin to crawl with vines and life, and as your heart beats, the flowers bloom in time. I... Remember everything, Papa. I have us. I'm looking her deep in the eyes. That's, that's probably for the best. You've earned those memories. Is it okay if I still call you Papa? I would appreciate that very much. She squeezes tighter and tucks her head into the crook of your arm. Patting on the back, I look over to Gaspar to make sure he's doing okay. It is still difficult to remember that the man who stands before you, the Eudaimonian, with his tan skin and curly dark hair, is your friend. Penelope, I'm happy you have your memories back. As he says those words, you are bombarded with feelings. Respect, appreciation, love, and horror. You remember the hunger. You remember the pull of the dark. You remember standing in that space, that void space at the heart of him. And you remember the moment where you were certain he would take your life. And the relief when he didn't. For the things that we need to do next, you will need that burden and that strength. It's not a burden, Gaspar. I understand so much now, and I'm so much more connected to to who I am. It's a lot to take in. And as you say that, you remember sliding your sharpened thumbnail into the eye of a young man who had failed you. And then it's gone. There is a darkness in me. And the other versions of me did not acknowledge it or were not aware of it. And that ignorance would have led them down that path eventually. Maybe I'm in a unique position to keep that from happening. But I promise you this. We will get back what you lost too. And she throws her arms around this strange new form of Gaspar. And after a moment, She begins rubbing her cheek against yours. I've always wanted to do this. Without the the other thing. Perhaps we should return home. I think the walk back will be quite a bit more beautiful than the trip here. As you make your way down the path, which seemed tailor-made for you so many years ago, you see it is overgrown with life and death. Rotten tree roots, blooming vines flowers in pockets, 
and everywhere that Penelope approaches, the life seems to swell and then decay as she walks away. You eventually find your way back to the Eudaimonian village with no name. And there you see Rhea, waiting. She lifts her head, and gone is the somber, miserable face of the sister who so recently sent you on this quest. Instead, a wide smile. I told you I would return for my flute one day. She throws her arms around you without another word and hugs you tight. So much of what you remember of her is somber, sorrowful, empty. As if the blight on this world was a blight on her heart. She is, after all, the eldest and presumed heir to Calliope. Penelope hugs her tight, taking in her scent. I'm so happy to see you this way. It reminds me of how we used to be. The kiss of cedar and basil blesses your nose, and you remember running through the fields together. You remember scraping your knee and being tended to. You remember falling and hurting, but not really hurting, as though these were memories that needed to happen for you to develop into what you would one day become. But pain wasn't something you knew until years later. But nevertheless, she was there. The very picture of the nurturing sister. Now she looks at you with lavender eyes, not the moonstone from before. And there are tears in them. You have a home here if you want it. I will give that to you. That's all I've ever wanted. But I also understand that you must leave. Know this as you leave your ancestral home. If you shed your plurality, you can never return. And if you return as you are, you can never leave again. Whatever happens, I will accept the outcome of my story. Even her voice sounds different. The accent of Eudaimonia is back. Gone is that hard, cold voice that seemed to echo from some dark place in the distance. She sounds like your mother. Without you here, our recovery will be long and slow. The family needs to be together to spread the life that is necessary. But time is meaningless. And in time, I'm sure we will see you again. I think so too. I think it's... I think it's our fate. For don't the moon and sun also dance together? She smiles. You're starting to sound like me. <laughs> I think that's a good thing. I do, however, have some less than pleasant news. We have been trying to open up a portal to Zenith, to Error. And we cannot. Whether this is by device of their own design or whether it is something that we simply mm, cannot do. By cosmic force. We are blocked from that place. I did get up to some trouble the last time I was there. Rhea, I must offer you my most sincere thanks for giving me a home these past years. Giving me a chance to process the things that have happened to us. I don't know what's keeping your magic from returning us back to Zenith. It is a place unlike any other. I may have a method 
to let them bring us home. I'd be lying if I said I hoped you didn't have such a thing. I will return to the home you gave us and collect my things from thy workshop and begin the process. I have to ask, though, when we first went into the dark wood, you and your siblings said that they saw us coming. It was prophecy that we would arrive. Is that us guiding Penelope? Or were we meant to be here helping in this? You, like many mortals, want to perceive intent in prophecy, as though the reason you are here must, by necessity, be written in the word or in the vision. Neither are true, and both. You were here because you were supposed to be here, and you did what was inevitable. And now you reap the benefits, and so do we. Unfortunately, not all fates are so kind. Well, if we meet again, I'm sure it will be through strange circumstances, but I do hope it happens. As you return to your workshop to gather your things, Rhea turns to Gaspar. I see some harm has come to the body. I feel it too. Moving it is becoming more and more difficult. Some of the wounds that this being inflicted upon us struck deeper than the flesh. I can feel that. You cannot take him with you. He must heal here. Understandable. I appreciate the sacrifice that they have given. I will find my own way. You always seem to. If I were to leave some sort of gift or payment, what would they appreciate? She walks to you places her hand around the shoulder of the body you now inhabit, turns you towards the dark wood, and shows you what has become of your actions. Flowers, leaves, and life slowly returning. And she says, this, this is the payment he would have wanted. And the fact that he will be at the heart of so many stories, that is enough. I feel as though that is a gift for all of you, Demonia for some of the suffering that I've caused. She gives you a kiss on the head and then says nothing. Yavos, there is much to bring with you and you could bring it all. But my question is, what does Yavos leave behind? The things that Yavos leaves behind are the memories most tied to living here. New cookware that he has borrowed and been gifted from neighbors a recipe book he collected from Eudaimonian chefs. All of the furniture and baubles, the only things he's really focusing on packing up are the things tied to before this all happened. The things from the battle. Wrongs that need to be righted. As you go through these wrongs, you find one in particular that strains your heart and conscience. A chest. Inside, decayed bones of an erstwhile enemy, and across them laid the chivalric edge. What do you do with these things? I don't feel like Ophidian Ashpool ever had a home. Not in his adult life. It's certainly not eudaimonia. 
but it's also not Zenith. But he made his adult life as a hero in the league. So I feel best to try to return his history to them in this. The clerics of Aura would know far better than Iavos what significance this would hold for the league and if there's anything that could be done. I, of course, pack away close to my heart an enchanted bottle filled with sea foam, a cruel whip, and the golden arm. On the desk, after all of the notes have been packed away and tidied up, a drawer is open and three bracelets are laid in a circle. There are runes carved into the wood of the desk between them and notes hanging on the wall, endless notes he's been taking on how they work, the ring gates, planar transport, divination, and he thinks he's had a method to send a signal. He just needs a power source. So, fishing through his old things, he finds a coin bag and rummages through looking for one of his remaining quintessence and places it in the center of the triangle. The coin dissolves and turns into a chromatic mist. And as it does, the bracelets light up. Not their customary purple, but instead bright, angry red. A distress beacon. We don't have very much time. Are you ready, Penelope? Gaspar? Oh, I am going with more than one dress this time. (laughs) Penelope starts racing around and collecting her things, shoving them haphazardly into a large bag. The luggage a lot of you managed to put together, all except Gaspar anyway, uh, is much more than you had imagined. You leave a lot of Eudaimonia behind, but the possessions of four, five adventurers is a lot. And you pile it all outside in the nearest open area. And then you wait. As we're readying ourselves, I take the three bracelets, put mine on my wrist, put Gaspar's on the golden arm, take Wuxia's, and put it on Penelope's wrist. You know it's his, because barnacles have begun to grow along the edge. Long dead now. Running her thumb along them, a tear comes to her eye. And almost on cue, a harsh, jagged portal slices through the flesh of Eudaimonia, hanging in the air, prismatic and impossible. Scenes of worlds long gone and worlds yet to come spill out and almost seem to reach forward like liquid just on the edge of a cup. But from it, does not come a representative, and it does not hold itself open for long. Instead, spewed before you is a large metal chest with the League of Ultimate Questing symbol blazoned on the top. And then the portal closes. That's strange. That was the quickest we've ever been rewarded. I don't smell a reward on this chest, and I will lean down to investigate it. Then how about for old time's sakes, we search for traps? Guidance. That is a 19. Gaspar's phantasmal blob of a body is going to circle around the chest and then use the golden arm to check the seams, give it a few taps. Anything suspicious? Nothing that you can tell. In fact, there's nothing special about this at all. 
it's not magical. It doesn't seem to have any aura or any kind of suggestion that it's anything more than a metal box with some shit in it. I'll give a cool guy smack on the side of it to pop it open. (laughs) (laughs) Fonzie it open. Yeah. (laughs) Don't want to drop any names. (laughs) You successfully pop it open. And inside what you find is flat pack furniture of a sort. It's all metal rods and rune carved stone and random parts and pieces. There's a couple of crystals and some generic supplies, and it looks like a set of instructions. It says, welcome to the League of Ultimate Questing. We're happy to have you as a new hub world. Please set up your ring beacon at your nearest convenience and we will establish a portal. Uh, Penelope, maybe you should go fetch Zosimus. <laughs> What is this little L-shaped wire for? (laughs) I can do that, Papa. Thank you, dear. Uh, You run off to find Zosimus, no doubt, in the library, and you, Yava, set to the task of building this ring gate. Oh, I roll up my sleeves and go full Ikea on it. (laughs) I would like you to give me an Arcana roll, but you were rolling at disadvantage because this is Magitech. Okay. That's fair. First time using my new D20. Thank you, Fennec and Fox. Not a sponsor. Ooh, okay. Uh, One of them is a 28, and the other one is a 13 because I rolled a one. Beautiful. Mm. You know a lot. You've learned a lot. And being here, you've definitely developed some new skills and knowledge. But roughly 20 years without any exposure to Magitech has softened some of those skills. You managed to get the gist of it down, and the instructions absolutely help. But there are some things that don't quite fit right. All of the magical components are correct, but the mechanical ones aren't quite there. But Penny does not come back with Zosimos. Instead, Penny comes back with Epiphany. I blame the instructions. Somebody said you have some machinery for me? Uh, It's not quite done, but yes, this is the situation. Hmm gate deck i'm so excited all right everybody back away not because uh, you know of any risk i just don't like people being too close to me she steps forward and starts digging into it as she approaches you actually realize that her hands are already covered in what look like grease and other things in the past you've known her to be somebody who does periodically dabble in mechanics not terribly complex things weak flying machines and whatnot and none of it so bold and interesting as magitech but she definitely has a mechanical head on her shoulders. She finishes after about an hour and a few periodic shouts of various Eudaimonian curses. She cuts herself a couple of times and she marvels at the fact that it doesn't hurt anymore. For a while, people could hurt here. But with the Darkwood gone, that seems to have gone with it. Terribly sorry to give your culture the burden of having this ring gate forced upon you, but it's our only way home. We can dismantle it if we have to. Fair enough. When she finishes, it immediately begins to hum with magical resonance. But there doesn't seem to be any machinery on this side to go back. In fact, as you look through the instructions, you realize that part of it is literally missing. Hmm. Instead, you wait. The day passes and night comes, and you sit outside waiting for your gate. This is not what I had anticipated. Figured they'd snatch us up quick. Should we start the soup, Papa? No time for soup. (gasps) I know, it's tragic. I haven't heard him say that in 20 years. (laughs) 
as you begin to eye the tent and bedroll and the pot that could potentially make some stew if you really worked at it and got it done right now, maybe there would be enough time to get it to really cook to the right. And suddenly the gate opens, casting that same ethereal, impossible light on everything around you. Not the jagged, harsh, and fluctuating thing you saw before, but a smooth, even, perfect gate. <sighs> I suppose it's time to leave paradise. It's beautiful in a way. I'm going to miss our life together here. Well, at least we can look forward to our life together there. I wouldn't mind coming back if I was able to enjoy it. That surprises me, Gaspar. I thought you hated it here. I hate the concept of it, but when you're here, it makes you forget. Can't beat the food. I'm not looking forward to what awaits us on the other side of this portal. But at least we'll be together. Your family has said their goodbyes over the last several hours. Villagers have come and given you their thanks and blessings. Charms, small tokens, all placed around the gate in remembrance of your deeds. And so when you walk through the portal, you feel complete, resolved, and ready for what lies ahead. I want all of you to roll me an opposed grapple check. Ooh. God damn. This is the tiniest penny. I bet I'm tinier. Two. Thirteen. Eighteen. All right. I only have a plus one. That's good for, that's good for Edelpenny. Yavos, you step through and you immediately find yourself thrown to the ground. At first you imagine that it was the gate. There must be something wrong. But when the knee gets pressed into your mid back, and a hand gets placed around your throat, holding you there, you realize something's wrong. Gaspar, you see the shadow of yourself reflecting in mirrors. And as that mirror reaches out a hand and grabs you, you expect it to pass through, but instead, something hard grabs tight on your very soul, and the pressure is overwhelming. Penny, as the antiheroes bear down on you, you do your best to fight. You slip their grip as best you can and move, and dodge, trying to save your friends, find out what's going on, do anything, anything at all to protect yourselves. But they swarm you. One you might have managed, but two is impossible. And as they subdue you, bringing you to the ground, you are completely at their mercy. Crown has returned to Zenith after nearly 18 months of absence, and public opinion is split. Supporters rejoice to see most of their beloved heroes return home, while detractors call to punish the ignominious team for their part in the deaths of Wusha Brainchild, Ophidian Ashpool, and Amavasya of the Godhunter Battalion. And no one is taking more heat than Penelope Farthing, who seems to be sporting a brand new set of fleshy duds. I gotta say, Paige, I'm disappointed. Pentecost has gone from a sprightly doe to an Amazonian princess to a bookish nerd. Definitely a step down for the plural punching bag. But she's not the only one. I have with the door sporting a wicked paunch. My guess is this pudgy pencil pusher survived heaven on nothing but angel food cake. But the real tragedy here is the loss of Gaspar Elifnaut. Gaspar is still alive, Sarge. Maybe. But without those thunderclapping glutes, what's the point in being alive? This truly is the ghost of Gaspar. Cool arm, though. Appearances aside, the fallow crowd is up against the wall. 
There's no telling what the consequences of their actions might be, but given the state of the administration, things are looking grim for the crowd. We're about to witness a planar phenomenon, a keyhole between worlds that only marketing can penetrate. Join me as we glimpse into the adverse. Lucky for you, it's time for my break. All this torturing can work up quite an appetite. But with my busy schedule, I don't have time for regular shopping or meal prep. That's why I'm glad I use Factor. Fresh, never-frozen, chef-crafted meals ready in two minutes and delivered straight to my door. 35 weekly options and over 60 add-ons to keep things interesting. You, you're a thin one. You'd probably like their calorie-smart options. Me, I'm building muscle. So I love their Protein Plus options. <laughs> yes, you're right. The scheduling flexibility is amazing. If I want to change for as much or as little as I need week to week, it's fast premium options with no cooking required. <laughs> of course I have a deal for you. Head to factormeals.com slash theleague50 and use code theleague50 to get 50% off. That's code the League 50 at factormeals.com slash the League 50 to get 50% off. A deal that can't be beat. And speaking of being beaten, it's time to get back to work. As a podcast network, our first priority has always been audio and the stories we're able to share with you. But we also sell merch, and organizing that was made both possible and easy with Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell and grow at every stage of your business, from the launch your online shop stage all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. They have an all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system, so wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. Shopify has allowed us to share something tangible with the podcast community we've built here, selling our beanies, sweatshirts, and mugs to fans of our shows without taking up too much time from all the other work we do to bring you even more great content. And it's not just us. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Shopify is also the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash realm, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash R-E-A-L-M now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash realm. Join. 
Join the Party is an actual play podcast that follows the adventures of DM Eric and the emphatic players Amanda, Brandon, Julia, and everyone they welcome to the table, from tabletop veterans to first-time players. With rich, tangible worlds, genre-pushing storytelling, and a group of collaborators who make each other laugh every single week. Hop into the current campaign that takes you on a pirate-themed adventure in a world full of plant and bug folk. Or Marathon the Campaign, an MOTW game set in a weird summer camp. Campaign 2, which tells a modern superhero story. Or Campaign 1 for some classic high-fantasy fun. And don't miss out on After Party, a monthly release where they answer fan questions about the show and talk about how they play the game. So what are you waiting for? Join the party. You can find it wherever podcasts are available or go to jointhepartypod.com. Hey, all you cuties. I mated you a mid-roll, and here it is. We've been getting a lot of great lore discussion and theorycraft in the Discord lately, and it's always fun to watch. Also, new members keep pouring in, and they're quickly welcomed and assimilated by our very special LU community. What a smooch on the heart that is every time we see it. As promised, here's a spotlight on Battle Axis teams from our high-tier patrons. Starting this week with the hero-ranked team, the band of gumshoes, the Gutter Snipes. With Psychic Skeleton as Damu Abzu, Brandon Wills as Luna Shadowpaw, Steinhammer as Valnar Yugibnov, and Dana as Waffle the Warforged. And of course, our legendary midroll teams are as follows. The Titans Rise, the Ceaseless Horde, and this week's featured team, the Twilight Concord, with Maisie, Mike Gordon, Big Boy Roy, and Caitlin Oliver. For personal messages and advertising opportunities, reach out to admin at slapdashstudios.com, follow us at twitch.tv forward slash slapdash dreams for Monday Night Live premieres, and I recently injured my ankle, so I'll try to make a few appearances this week on Twitch in one form or another since I'm stuck at home for a few days. Our temporary mailing address is 2511 Southeast Pine Street, Portland, Oregon, 97214. If you have anything, you're dying to get the cast. We love to share images of these things on social media, and please, no homemade food. Thank you all for your support, reaching out to us on social media, of course joining the Discord and saying hi to us in person, and tuning in every fucking Monday. But that's enough out of me, let's get you back to the Battle Axis. Hello there! I knew where to find you because of reasons. But don't have a fearful happening. Just say hello to your friend, pal, and sales-led, Divinathan from Scryco. By now, you've fully surrendered yourself to the magic and awe that is Scryco's vast and baffling line of look-afar products. When it comes to changing the way you peep the Relio, we can't be beat. We've even done divining for your hearing holes with the magic of sound. Well now, buckle up your safety pants and squat sturdy for a whole new Scryco offering. Now you, yes you, can smell the future and the past. Maybe your dead and dug down daddy made the best meatballs and you're dreaming of the day that you can whiff those savory orbs once more. Maybe some nice lady on the train bus had a squirt of special love spray on her neck and decolletage and you want to relive that olfactory stalking. Perhaps you fear for imminent fire in your immediate area and want to smell the smoke before the pokes start choking. Well, now you can with Snivination. Be the sniff-happy nose oracle you've always dreamed of. Take a whiff of yesteryear and tomorrow town, all from the safety of your own chronological normality. These egg-sized rune boosters fit right in your sinuses, like a roast boar in a backpack. Their hefty and non-toxic enchantments will turn you into a regular nostril damas. 
Don't wait, sniff now, and more specifically, sniff later, and also before too, with Snivination from Scryco. We smell what you have done. You were not let up from your arrested position. Instead, you are handcuffed with Magitek manacles, whose clasps bite deep into your wrists. It's nice to be home. You are under arrest for crimes against the Zenithal hierarchy. You are being detained until a representative of the commissioner can deal with you. I'm the one you want. I accept my detainment. Let my family go. He ignores you. You are all brought to your feet. And then, on your faces are placed a set of spectacles. As soon as they are, you are immediately blinded. What proceeds is a sequence of hallways, doorways, elevators, and long walks before you are finally released from your bondage. And you find yourselves standing inside of a room with four beds, a toilet, and basic essential amenities. The anti-hero standing at the doorway closes the door. You realize that all of your possessions have been taken off of you, with one exception, the bottle which contains Wuxia's seafoam. Well, that was a quick ending to our adventure. <laughs> If I knew I was just going to get stuck in jail. You Damon jail is way better. I knew there'd be complications waiting for us, but I didn't expect to get suplex the second I stepped through the portal. Suplex would be a good combo name. <laughs> I wish I'd made that soup now. That's why we should always bring traveler soup. You wait. And you wait. And you wait. Something you've been doing a lot of over the last 24 hours, or at least you assume it's been 24 hours. The disorientation you felt while wearing those glasses was pretty overwhelming. You have a hard time remembering exactly where you went or how long you were there, or what happened to you while you were under that state. But now realizing that you've been disarmed and relieved of all your possessions, it must have been longer and more complex than you had thought. Penelope, we have to stop playing Ice Cry. There's only so many things left in this room. But I still see so many celebrity faces in the wood grain. Oh, oh, like this one. I scry with my eyes. Someone wearing jungle jorts. <laughs> At jungle jorts, the door opens. <laughs> the person who walks in is not Rain like you might have been expecting. But instead, Scott Humphreys. God damn. I'm sorry, who the hell are you? Uh, hello. Uh, Yavos, uh, I'm the I'm Scott Scott Humphreys, uh, personal aide to the commissioner. Oh, the commissioner! Wonderful. What happened to Rain? Uh, uh, he pulls out a clipboard and starts flipping through the pages. Hello, I am here to ask you a series of questions that pertain to your detention. Please answer carefully. As the Oh, sorry. As the as the answers could uh, relate to a later trial. So, do we each answer separately or all together? Uh he flips through a couple more pages. Uh, it doesn't say. Let's uh, do individually. It's all admissible. You're supposed to be interviewed as a group because you're being tried as a group. Okay. Um. Yeah. Let's uh, let's say as a group. And then uh, if you have any additional independent answers, feel free to give those to me at your own leisure. Do we get to know our charges? Uh, ooh. He starts flipping through the pages again. You're the commissioner's assistant. Yes. 
you must be very confused. He so gracefully avoided the question about rain. But yes, we are confused. Let's continue. What foreknowledge did Commissioner Isago Shigure have regarding the Darkwood? Nothing to my knowledge. Uh, our team wasn't actually concerned with the Darkwood. We were concerned with error. I don't think I ever heard him mention it. Uh, it was not the conversation we ever had. Okay. Was he aware of the impending attack on Zenith? Specifically referring to the attack on the uh, press conference. No. Um, another version of myself, uh, an aberrant one, uh, organized that. And I'm willing to take full responsibility. Uh, uh, well. I'm sorry, what were you saying? Say that again. He has a pencil. Firmly there, trained. There are far more official people we can say things to than this individual. No, it's okay. She can just go ahead and say those exact words again, please. It's okay, Papa. Just, I just owe... don't go overboard, Beaters. I owe the League and Zenith, especially Kinuent, an apology and a formal statement. Uh, okay, wait a minute. I thought you had your memories back. We have a policy as the Palo Crown. <laughs> I did terrible things. Wait, 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 wait. Did terrible things? Yes, like the, the you deducted us a few points um, in several quests. I want to make you... it right, Gaspar. We'll do that later. This is not the place for these truths or lies or whatever. <laughs> Penelope, we don't talk to the police. Oh, I remember that lesson. I'm sorry I forget. There, there are no cops in paradise. <laughs> That is uh, my favorite line of the entire season. That's a song name if I've ever heard it. <laughs> also, the question doesn't make any sense. How are we supposed to know what the commissioner knows? He continues writing everything you're saying. Yeah. We knew very little about the commissioner's plans other than the missions he sent us on. How long has Commissioner Saga Shigure been involved with the smuggling of illegal goods uh, from error? We don't know. We have no way to know that. I've not heard anything about that. Hmm. He writes, he, he goes to the bottom of the page and writes something else. I don't even know if he's involved. Hmm. And did you participate in the smuggling of illegal goods from error? We participated in a league quest. Related to the smuggling of illegal goods from error? Uh, that, that quest wasn't televised as our superiors had intended. But you had done a quest related to the smuggling of illegal goods from error. That wasn't confirmed. He puts a very noticeable question mark on there. <laughs> okay. We did not knowingly bring any illegal goods. Hmm. He writes that down. Were you aware of Halifon Orzins Jr.'s intentions to murder Ophidian Ashpool? Absolutely not. It was a surprise to all of us. I know nothing. <clears throat> <laughs> he writes all that down. Were you aware that Halifon Orison Jr. intended to murder Wusha? No, and I'm not sure he intended it. Were you aware of his alliance with uh, Kara of the Darkwood? I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. You're not, and we weren't. <laughs> <laughs> also, you're listing these as murders. While he did kill them, it was in a fight. Mm. Uh, according to uh, article, shit, where is it? Okay, he was flipping through pages. 
According to a, at least one article of a document, uh, at one point or another, uh, he had been downed and was murdered. So uh, that's murder. Just so you know, uh, if you kill a downed opponent, that's murder. I learned that in my most recent league test. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> what did you score in that test? That's not important. <laughs> at least you learned something. Uh, where is... Mm, Where's Halifon Orison Jr.? Do you know the current whereabouts of Halifon Orison Jr.? We do not. Do you? He teleported away. I, it's not an ability we've ever seen. I haven't the foggiest. Okay. Uh, that's... Okay. Oh, ooh, here's a good one. Um, did you at any it's point... It's out of the way! No! No, you get out of the way! Privilege! <laughs> <laughs> you hear a sudden slam on the door. Silence, and then a loud, obnoxious grinding sound. Uh, uh, did you at any point uh, have an association with a loud, explosive crash occurs as two large hands tear a door off of its hinges? Thaddeus and Yarts walk in wearing a quadruple-breasted pinstripe blue suit. (laughs) (laughs) He places a hand gently on the shoulder of Scott Humphreys. Do I control the other hand? (laughs) The other hand grabs the clipboard and snaps it in half. (laughs) As the other hand does so, it bursts into flames. Are you aware that you are currently in violation of oh, so many laws? He looks up. You're under arrest for the destruction of Xenothal property. Build me. I know my rights. But it seems you don't. Overstep! <laughs> it is important that you understand that these people are entitled to a legal representation and asking these questions is oh it is beyond the pale 26 minutes prior to their defeat paperwork was filed granting them legal citizenship of the spoke of Verata. they are wards of one Isvet Pritchard high priestess of Odette and personal advisor to spokesman Johann Gerter Please, follow Crown, if you join me. He stands, hunched over, pressed up against the ceiling, gesturing for you to leave. Clemency! <laughs> oh, we, we need to get our things. Um, we, we have skeletons, so to speak. In your closet, should I write that down? You see the grip tighten. All of your possessions have been moved to Taudok. They will be transported to Verata. Gaspar, I'm so very glad that having you on our team ensured we had a good lawyer. <laughs> and I'm so glad I prepaid them for several lifetimes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you, Mr. Yachts, Mr. Thaddeus. Absolutely our pleasure. Service with a smile! <laughs> <laughs> yes, Daddy. Keep smiling. Two smiles, best face. <laughs> He gives a perfunctory smile to Thaddeus before continuing to lead you out. As you go down the hallways and eventually find yourself to an elevator, you are greeted by the covered, mirrored faces of the antiheroes who, until recently, had detained you. Gulp. One of them seems to now be wearing a sling. We got a good lawyer. (laughs) (laughs) You've got like one and a half good lawyers. Yarts pats the man on the not-injured shoulder 
as you continue past them. Sorry. We're not sorry for anything because we're not guilty of anything. (laughs) You enter an elevator, enter another hallway, walk a few steps and eventually find your way to Tau Dock, a civilian dock not designed for use by the commissioner. Thaddeus and Yartz lead you onto the dock proper where you find a sleek black Aether schooner. They indicate that they will remain nearby and clean up the mess that they have made and you have made. And that the driver knows exactly where to go. I hope it's to a restaurant. Did you all notice how that Scott Humphreys fellow was questioning us? The way he was referencing Commissioner Shigure, it all sounded past tense. Like he was working for someone else. That was my assumption as well. Perhaps some of the uh, developments that we have caused have cost Shigure his job. I suppose it's possible. We've been gone for a while now. You continue your conversation as you sail out from Taudok and approach Verata. He did say Sister Isvet, yes? You heard that. High Priestess of Odette. How long have we been gone? Nineteen months, three weeks, two days, and eleven hours. Uh, the minutes don't translate as easily. But I'm very happy to hear the name, Sister Isvet. Far from the hells that bore its denizens, Varata is a city of beauty and luxury. It is organized into four triangular districts, each with their own prominent design and aesthetic. The two outer districts, making up the clockwise and anti-clockwise triangles, are known as Eresia and Calera, respectively. Both are replete with Gothic architecture and strong religious overtones, and serve a largely residential purpose. However, Eresia looms tall over Calera, with its palatial estates, towering cathedrals, and monuments to dark gods. Calera, on the other hand, could almost be called a slum, that is, if amenities weren't so opulent. In place of the manses and palaces of Eresia, community estates and apartments make up the majority of Calera's structures. It's clear that the classes of Arata are harshly divided, both by commerce and geography. The triangle at the center of the spoke is known as Avidita, with its angular and decadent art deco designs and its bold use of contrasting colors to accentuate fine detail. Avidita is the very picture of a center of commerce and trade, practically exploding with activity. Where the residential districts seem to separate a metaphorical wheat from the chaff, Avidita is a melting pot of high and low class. The narrow valleys between the colossal skyscrapers are packed with merchants peddling everything from bootleg religious artifacts to extraplanar creatures ripe for consumption or subjugation. Finally, there is Violenza, the innermost triangle nearest to the hub. Here, there is no opulence, no beauty, no commerce, save the desperate offers of the damned to those that have damned them. Violenza is hell, a hell of brutality and hate, where the subjugated might rise to smite their oppressors, if only for a brief while, before returning to their shackles. Here all laws are shed, all limitations removed. It is a monument to the agonies and treacheries manifested by a seemingly lawful society. As you approach, the craft is halted by a sequence of complex security protocols. You end up waiting nearly two hours before being granted permission to land. However, 
it is neither dry dock nor public port that welcomes you. Instead, you nestle into a space between several massive skyscrapers at the center of Avedita. There, you find not the harsh stone and steel of the urban sprawl that surrounds you, but a modest home with a breathtaking garden where rabbits roam and the sun seems to shine despite the shadows of the monoliths which surround it. As you disembark, you see a man. He works the soil of what will one day become a permaculture mound, designed to balance the chaos of nature into self-sustaining ecosystems. He is a healthy man, of broad shoulder but thin and middling in height. His hair is a mess of wavy, thick steel gray and silver in contrast to the black of his brow, and his complexion is that of a man who works in the sun. His features could be considered plain, but they bear a charming asymmetry that grows more appealing the longer they are observed. His eyes are rich, bright brown, like light shone through honey in a glass jar, crinkle as he smiles. But as a rabbit makes its way past him, those bright honey eyes flash red like blood. His hand flashes down, grabbing the rabbit by the throat, snapping it. He gnashes his teeth and breathes deep before returning to normal. And the smile creeps back in. As we close out the second week following the disappearance of Dirk Bradley, I would like to apologize for my earlier comment. It was wrong of me to make my promotion to Anchor... Co-Anchor? Anchor of EXPN, the centerpiece of the tragic disappearance of the beloved rascal and sugar enthusiast, Dirk Bradley. But to be fair, he is no more in Rustboro. Certainly not. Have you seen those quads? No. Have you? The Iron Church keeps a detailed profile on all exorcisms. In any case, Dirk Bradley has not been seen since he publicly messed himself live on Scribe. It was originally believed that he was taking a much-needed shame break. We've all been there, buddy. Never trust the fart in public. And never do squat Saturday after fajita Friday. Fecal misfortune may have been the cause of his disappearing underpants, but it is the absence of the man, not the manure, that must be accounted for. I was delighted to once again work side by side with one of the few tolerable mortals, Warren Rossborough. However, the Deep Dwarf promptly submitted a vacation request to investigate the disappearance of his, and I quote, regrettable colleague. Rossborough was further quoted saying, if I don't look for him, no one else will. Gosh, what a guy. He can't even stand the gooba, but he's still out there pumping pavement for the cause. Oh look, a commercial break. Oh, I'm not in this one. That's spooky. Don't trust gardeners, I guess. <laughs> Sowing the seeds of chaos over here. I was about to say, is this place lawful evil? <laughs> that is the antithesis of my alignments. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> that is the antithesis of rabbits. <laughs> <laughs> Can't imagine a more chaotic good creature than a little hop-along buddy boy. I mean, we got out of jail real fast, and that's a good thing. But Scott was trying to... Get all up in our business. Thankfully, he's an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I love useless fantasy lawyer. That's a fucking fantastic 
little <laughs> character. I'm 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 into that. It was actually kind of disarming. Hey, to be fair, he is <laughs> he is not a lawyer. He is a personal assistant. <laughs> Useless fantasy legal file clerk. <laughs> Paralegal. <laughs> He can't even go out and get coffee right. (laughs) (laughs) I said no cream. Poor Scott. (laughs) Back on Zenith, baby. Back on Zenith. Back on on Max. Mm -hmm. Back on that Max. What's up, everybody? Max is here. Back in Max. Back in Max. I had a month of hanging out with newborn baby. That's been a lot of fun. How's that been? It's been great. I thought you're going to say I'm so over it. I'm so, <laughs> I'm so done. Turns no. out you don't have to give him back after 30 days. What the fuck? It's a really cute baby. He, Kieran no. is a very cute little boy. He's been really sweet. He looks it's, so much like the two of you. It's unbelievable. It's fucking <laughs> wild. It's weird to look at a child and have literally my own eyes looking back at me. That's fucking nuts, dude. Right, and the first time I met him, he made devil horns with his hands. That's true. Yeah, nice. fucking rock on, little baby. Let's go. He knows what's up. Uh, <laughs> any favorite moments going around the table? No. Mm. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's fair if there isn't, because this was like a very mild, very moderate yeah. chapter following a lot of intense shit. I dare say this is the kind of episode where it's almost easiest to pick favy momos. Yeah. I, yeah. I have one. I that, that. that noise was like, because if you're you're looking at me, because I'm going first, then like, obviously I got upset. You put the obvious one. It's the return of Yarts. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It just 100%. works so well. Yarts and Taddy. Yes. I was yeah, excited Taddy's writing this. Yarts, I was yeah. like, they're coming back. They're coming back. <laughs> I like the slip in that you have them on retainer. <laughs> I mean, yeah. It's, like, it's very good. After their last performance, please. Like, yeah. How... How do I not take this bark? It's service with a smile. <laughs> um, I think the uh, quadruple-breasted pinstripe Law, suit. Thank you so much. <laughs> very, yeah. very good. I, I genuinely was like wearing a pinstripe uh, suit, and then Law was like, quadruple-breasted. Because, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I was like, okay, I can imagine it. And then when it's quadruple-breasted, I'm like, okay, so there's four lapels. There's... <laughs> Wait, but how, so there's, Two openings, three. How many it folds mo- around them like a folds- diaper? Yeah. <laughs> How many monogrammed kerchiefs can you fit in that bad boy? Yeah, just beach towels. <laughs> oh gosh! I have so many questions. Like, okay, so how many coattails? Three, four. Ooh. It's like, oh, now it's like, okay, Man, we got to figure out three the coattails. Fashion. <laughs> very fashionable. Yeah. <laughs> a sartorial wet dream. Not to focus too much on the fucking prison scene. But the implication of a game of I Spy that lasts for an indeterminate amount of time <laughs> in an empty fucking room is so goddamn funny. That was such a good choice, Angelo. Like, I love that. It's like, we cannot keep playing I Spy. This is bullshit. Dana, you being like, no, 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 the wood grain. It's like, so good. Oh, it was Stormclad Thundertongue. <laughs> you were asking for like a joke feed line there, and I was going to be like, no, no. Last time I guessed the left pillow. <laughs> this time. That's great, too. Oh, gosh. I don't know. I, I kind of liked the, the early parts where we're just kind of resolving the end of the Evdemonia stuff. I'm, you I'm, mean literally having even a second to breathe? Yeah. No, I, I, my, okay. My favorite part is that Rhea is not scary anymore because I, I love that for her. Yeah. 
I for the longest time I wasn't sure if I wanted her to have an accent or not. Now I'm like, oh cool, now I can explain why she didn't quite have one right. I'm like, that was, by the way, folks, that's what I call a retcon. <laughs> Where I'm like, <laughs> no. how many times, how many voices have I done for Rhea? A lot. Oh, yeah, it's because she was it was because she was she was possessed. Don't worry about it. <laughs> oh, I thought hand wave. I was like, oh, that's some shit genius Zach foreshadowing mm. that I didn't even notice. Yeah, her voice changed when the dark was corrupted. Sometimes the best writing is after the fact. <laughs> Absolutely. (laughs) I just I wanted everybody to know uh, as much as I love the illusion that I'm good at my job. I I feel like it's only fair that I let you honestly know how much I just go. Oh, shit. Mm -hmm. When you're that good. There you go. It's a skill. In my long campaign, my players once asked me, uh, do you actually prepare for literally everything or are you just the best bullshitter (laughs) we've ever met? Because I, I was very fast at spinning up things on Roll20. Um, and I, I said, do you really want to know? And they said, mm, no. Yeah. Before <laughs> before I met Dave, I genuinely didn't believe that anybody could plan for everything. And oh, then, my gosh. Yeah. Dave Milodinov exists. Yeah. Such a unique uh, preparation style. A uh, name you might recognize from the mid-roll, everybody. Yeah. And an episode of D20 Questions. Yeah. Probably isn't Listen enough. to that if you want to know more about Dave Milodinov. Our boy. Yeah. Sweet boy. I, I think, you know... The the first half ending with like, well, here goes nothing, and immediately getting fucking tackled to the ground by <laughs> those mirror-faced hooligans. Yeah, that was pretty juicy. I enjoyed that. I, I was really looking forward to that moment. I'm like, oh, it's going to be great. Walk through and immediately get a knee in your back. Like, that was very good. I really loved your thing about uh, the bracers and everything like that, like having to actually like spend a quin to make it work properly because, you know— Indeterminate distance and all that. Figured I had to improvise a ritual. I'm like, hey, let's uh, let's do it. Perfect. Uh, but no, in general, I feel like this was a really nice opportunity to kind of relax a little bit, but also to show that Penny's more important to the world than they realize. That like Eudaimonia actually kind of hinges on her still being there, and her not being there is uh, it's going to be rough. Oh, I was legit about to ask Rhea. So what happens if, and then you just started talking. So, oh, I guess I don't have to ask. Yeah. Uh, I generally try to make sure I give an opportunity to say the important shit so that you guys aren't forced to ask. But then I'm also like worried that it's going to come off like, man, people are really nice about a uh, exposition. Huh? <laughs> yeah. And uh, nobody, nobody asked how eudaimonia could have jails, but no cops. They're horny. I just, yeah, that's fair. That's just fair. clarifying. Yeah, they're the consensual tr- jails. Yes, consensual jails. <laughs> no, they, they that is precisely what I was thinking when I said that. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I deserve thirty days. <laughs> Ooh, thirty days. All right, everybody. Uh, this has been really, really fun. I, I really appreciate Hediger the Editor for editing this episode. It's a nice, tight one. Uh, hour twenty. I think that's going to be a relatively easy one to cut down. Uh, Brie Golden is not working for this particular chapter because she's working overtime for coming chapters. She's been busting her ass trying to come up with some really cool shit for the upcoming maps, and uh, we've been working together real hard on it. So even though we won't be seeing her maps today, we will be seeing something down the line. She is also walking my dog right now, so thank you for that. Yes. <laughs> and your baby. And mm-hmm. my baby, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Other than that, I really just appreciate everybody for getting through the last two chapters. Overall, that must have been some of the hardest shit you've ever seen. And based on the reactions I'm seeing in the goddamn Discord, yeah, yeah. I definitely left y'all in a, a rough spot. So hopefully hopefully, a little bit of downtime has helped you feel a little bit more comfortable. And uh, I think this is going to be an episode worth your, worth your while. So until the next time, we wish you luck. <laughs>